Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Many of you that have watched the BBC in recent years, past 18 years to yeah. be precise, yeah. uh, will have undoubtedly seen Sharon Jeet Lale hosting the Morning Asia show, reporting from not only around the region but around the world on stories of the day. And just a little over a week ago was her last show, retiring from the BBC after 18 years. And now she is joining us today to talk about her time at the BBC and what's going on in her life. Sharon Jeet, good morning. Welcome to Weekend Mornings. Good morning. Good morning, Glenn, and good morning, Neil. I mean, I'm so excited to be here. I was hearing you guys talk about me a little bit earlier, and I was just wondering, gosh, I hope I actually am worth the interview time and that so, you're going to enjoy interviewing We'll be the judge me. of that. I don't we'll know what I'm going to tell you, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're actually hoping you're going to be worthy of it too because we had lots of other people we could have interviewed during this slot. But uh, we, we think you're going to do all right. And uh, how does it feel Thank now? It's been just over a week that you have not had to get up at the crack of dawn to get into the studio for your morning oh show. Uh, how are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying a good sleep? Absolutely wonderful. In well... I am getting normal hours now, which is fantastic. You know, the, the, the notion, as you know, Glenn, having been in broadcasting yourself for many years, getting up at three in the morning before the crack of dawn, getting into a studio, making sure that your hair and makeup is impeccable. I mean, all of that is now over. I'm so pleased I can actually have a normal day now. So, yes, I am relieved and I'm, I'm getting a little bit more sleep, which is great. So the question everybody wants to know, why, after 18 yeah. years, <laughs> did you decide to hang it up? You're, you know, you're at the top of your game. Everybody loves watching you. You've had great assignments. Uh, what prompted the shift? Well, I mean, I think you, as well as I know, you know, I, I, I know that you were at CNN for many years, Glenn. Uh, Neil, you've been on our program years ago as well. You talked about it. You know, I, I think it's interesting. There's a real shift in how people are consuming news these days. Let's face it. We, we know we've been part of this. And uh, the way we consume news is through our apps. We go to our mobile phone. We, we see what's going on. We read articles. Or we listen to podcasts, which is why you guys in radio are doing the right thing. Because I think people have radio on in the background. It's, it's an easy thing to have on. Whereas with TV news, you actually have to make the commitment to sit down in front of your television set, you know, tune in, pay attention. And let's face it, people don't have the time to do that anymore. And with, with streaming services, with, with everyone consuming things that they enjoy, it's become very niche um, you know, how you consume television and, and just the whole thing has, you know, it's all changed. I mean, the gist of what okay, you're saying okay. was, was a very valid point. You know, we're talking about the fragmentation, yeah. particularly of digital media. The demand for eyeballs has never been more intense and ear holes than it has been now. I get that. However, you are, you know, no false modesty. You have been the face of BBC Asia for the best part of three decades. You know, you interviewed me when I was 15, <laughs> I think it was. So, <laughs> three decades. Yeah. What, three decades? Across yeah. three decades. Yeah. Across yeah, and you, three you decades. can tell I've actually aged as well. I, I <laughs> went physically grey on air on, on those many years on TV. Look, I, I'm actually one of the few news presenters who has actually embraced the grey. So, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased about that. But you're right. We're all getting older. And I think the whole uh, notion of um, how we consume media is, is changing. Mm. So the writing is on the wall. And I think 
um, you know, the way we move forward with how people consume media. I know I'm consuming it in a very different way. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm sure you guys are doing the same. I mean, when was the last time you actually sat down in front of your TV and, and watched the news? Sure, we had lots of exciting things over the last year. We've had the US elections. We've had the Singapore elections. We've had the pandemic. I mean, yes, there are things that you might tune into. But at the end of the day, I think the way people consume news and, you know, consume media is entirely changing and it's transforming. And, and that is the, the ultimate reality I think we all live with. No, I get that. But the point I was going to make was because you've been such a success at the BBC for, for so many years. I mean, how hard <laughs> was it to, to make that decision to step away? Yeah, I, I would say it was it was relatively hard. I mean, I, I, it's also got to do with personal lifestyle decisions. Let's mm. face it. I'm not getting any younger. We've talked about it. Um, I am nearing 50. Um, it is exhausting. And, and after a while, you just think, you know, do I want to prior, prioritize my health, which is ultimately what, what um, you know, most people would think of when you're getting a little bit older. Uh, prioritize family. Uh, my, my son is, is moving to the UK to study and I want to be able to spend time with him. Mm. But of course, with the whole notion of the pandemic, having to come back, quarantine, you know, you can't really afford to have that kind of time off your work anymore. So yeah. the reality is I, I, I need to be able to spend, spend time with my, my child and my family. And I think that, that you know, you prioritize that. Um, I have to say, though, I was really enjoying your previous guests before me, uh, the, you know, the, the scientists and the, 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 the Raffles Banded Langors, because that's something I love doing. I'm a huge biodiversity fan. I'm actually what you might call a, a, a twitcher. I don't know if many of you know that term, but uh, me, and my son, <laughs> me and my son are avid bird watchers. Same. And we go out hmm. there on, on most mornings to go and, and look at these incredible birds of which Singapore has uh, an amazing diversity. More than our and fair share. Really rare yeah, birds more than well. our fair Absolutely. share. Absolutely. So we should embrace what we've got out there. You know, I, I'm looking out the window to Dover Forest right behind me and as we know, um, you know, there's plans to clear that, to build yeah. uh, housing. So there's been a big petition to try to save it. And I think all of that, you know, we should really enjoy what's in our backyard and really enjoy mm. life and take a step back. You know, why not? And, and enjoy what's out there. So, Sharonji, we hear what you're saying about more family mm. time and the demands of getting up at 3 a.m. And uh, I think we all understand that. But, I mean, it's going to be really hard for all of us that know you to believe that you are not going to continue working. <laughs> You are, you know, you are well, a consummate I'm professional, I'm you are a workaholic. Still contributing. What yeah, are you going to do? What's, what are you going to do work-wise? Do you have, well, do you have a plan well, yet? Well, we've just been talking about, you know, the, the, the podcast, the, the mm -hmm. fact that people are listening to that, they're listening to radio. Absolutely. So I am looking to focus my energies on, on something along those lines. I'm still contributing to BBC World Service, which is the radio uh, part of BBC. I think that's ultimately what we all grew up on. It was yeah. World Service on radio. It wasn't TV news, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's still an incredible resource, and I, I still listen to it. It's in my background most of the time. When uh, 89.3 is not in my background, you know, what was really incredible was somebody remembered uh, when I put it on my social media about a week ago, it just completely exploded, uh, the, the outpouring of people who, who'd been watching for years. And someone actually remembered listening to me on the radio in the late 90s doing Singapore market raps. And I was like, oh, my God, how do you even remember that? It was so long ago. It was literally a quarter of a century ago. When, when you were 10 years old, you, you started radio when you were 10, which was quite unusual. They, yeah. they ran a fall of child labor laws, etc. 
Uh, my mother, I, I've told you before, my mother yeah. has watched you in, from, from the UK oh. and, and has seen my, when yeah. I've been on with you, has seen my interview and every five minutes she'll say, that lady's on again. Why are you not on with that lady? Why are you not on with <laughs> the, the lady? lady. <laughs> the lady. She calls you the lady. Oh, the lady. Oh, oh. that's very sweet. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Hey, yeah. what, a, what about, that's let's let's talk a little bit about your time. What stories really mm. stand Ooh. out to you? Over your time at the BBC, you've you've been on location so many different places, and also hosted obviously a lot from yeah. the studio, not only here but also in London when you've been back on on trips to the UK. What what stands out to you yeah. as key stories that you participated in? Well, I mean, naturally, being Asian, being one of the few Singaporeans on air on the BBC, it was always kind of the, the local stories that I really embraced and I love. Um, you know, I've interviewed everyone from you know the the single mother who's raising her kids and really struggling. And, you know, yes, you, you interview heads of states, you interview the prime ministers of different countries, but it's really the real people that you talk to and you get a real impression of what their lives involve. And, you know, uh, th- this was the year that I did a story uh, when Singapore became the world's most expensive city to mm, live in. I remember so that. I wanted yeah. to feature what it was like for you know, people who are just making ends meet, people who are really just living on the margins, managing to live in this expensive city. How do you do it? And, you know, some of the voices of the, the women I've interviewed, the single moms who work so hard, I mean, I think that sort of thing really stays with you. Um, in terms of other stories, obviously, um, do you guys remember 2019 when we could all travel? <laughs> do you remember that? Um, 2019 was... When, when was, we didn't all know, have a collection of these we, in our lives, yeah, right? And, uh, hanging yeah. on our doorknobs at well, home before we That was out. the year, I think, I was out on the field um, mm. so many times. I had to cover the Hong Kong protests about four times. Oh, right. Every time it built up over the weekend. I, I couldn't have fun on my weekends. I was always on call if anything happened. Yeah. And, um, and I think the last time I was on your show, Glenn, it was exactly that. I had yeah. to go in and, and travel later in the day to go cover uh, the program live on the Monday morning for, mm. for Newsday mm. uh, to, to you know, basically wrap up what was going on in Hong Kong. Um, there was the, the Christchurch shootings. There were the, the Sri Lankan, um, you know, Easter Sunday bombings. And that one was a real, real horrific tragedy. I remember actually having to cover that one, actually being in Sri Lanka on a holiday with my family. Remember, it was Easter week. And, um, you know, a lot of people were, you know, enjoying the, the wonderful country that is Sri Lanka. And I, I, I had a marvelous time. And then literally getting back on the Saturday night and getting a call the next day to say, are you still in Sri Lanka? Can you go back? Wow. Um, and I thought, gosh, you know, and that was so terrifying. And I remember my son um, at the time saying to my mum, but we just got back from there. Why do you have to go back? Mm. And then the horrible, horrible, horrific tragedy of the fact that I had to get up on the Monday, uh, start covering this story and learning that one of the kids from my son's school Actually, two of the kids from my son's school had had been killed. I mean, it was so it was so incredibly tragic that the kind of repercussions something like that having in Sri Lanka, you know, having an impact uh, on on people all over the world, including right here in Singapore, and um, you know, that was I remember being quite traumatic, and I, I really wanted to get back to my son because I I knew that he would be worried about me. So there's all these awful stories out there, but then there's all these incredible things where you do talk to people and you get a sense of their lives and they share their lives. And it's amazing how much people are willing to share. And mm. it's, it's so, it's so nice being granted those little uh, pockets of time that you can spend with people and, and the kind of personalities that really make an impact on you over your, your, your very long career. 
But it is the personal stories, isn't it? I remember vividly that story you did about the rich-poor divide in Singapore. It was, you know, going into the HDB flats, the rental flats. It was so timely and so poignant and so necessary, I thought. I mean, it's something I've written about and something I'm passionate about. We, we get a bit carried away sometimes with what I call the Formula One Marina Bay glitz and glamour. Uh, which, yeah, exactly. And yeah, uh, but, yeah. uh, but your stories were so touching and pointed to me. It is the personable, isn't it, I think, ultimately, that, that really goes through the screen and reaches the viewer. Has that been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, don't forget, I'm actually Singaporean. I remember when I was growing up here. It was very long time ago. And it was still a developing country when I was growing up. You know, I, I was born in the early 70s. I still remember when things stank you know, I still remember going by the Singapore River when it stank to high heaven. And, you know, it was something I explored in um, Singapore at 50, which was the documentary I did uh, the year that obviously Singapore was celebrating its 50th year of independence, um, SG50. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, um, sure. But, you know, I thought it was really important to be able to to celebrate that in a way, because here we are in this incredible island, this incredible city that has, you know, transform so dramatically in one generation, you know, pretty much my generation. The Singapore I knew as a child doesn't exist anymore. It's a totally different place. And so, yes, you do see all of that glitz and glamour that you talk about, but it's also this place where, you know, we are all real people. We're all dealing with real issues as well. And I think it's really crucial to be able to explore that and be able to tell those stories. Yeah. We're talking with Sharon Jeet Leo, the international news journalist, a former BBC journalist as well. Sharon Jeet, what are the stories, story or stories that we are missing in Singapore that are not being told in Singapore right now that need to be told? Well, I think a lot more of the stories of of the the real folks who are just making ends meet. I think we're not hearing enough of them. So the rich, Um, the rich, poor divide kind of stories? The rich, poor divide is something, I mean, again, what is it? The Gini coefficient. That's how we're measured, right? It's it's amongst um, the the highest in this region. I think Hong Kong has the highest. Um, But you just worry about those issues and people getting um, left behind. And you just think, oh, gosh, you know, how can I help? What can I do? And, and I'm hoping to make a much bigger impact with that now that I do have the time, that I'm not waking up at three in the morning, to be able to do a, a lot more with some of those incredible charities out there that are reaching out to these communities. So I'm very much hoping to, to spend more time doing that. Uh, you know, and, and, and again, you know, those are stories that need to be told, perhaps not by me. <laughs> I might just leave it to a next generation of journalists to go out there and do it. The ones who are younger, who've got a bit more energy. Um, you know, it, it, it's just something that we, we need to be focused on all the time and never lose sight of it. No matter how glossy and glitzy the city becomes, it, it is our home and we want it to stay our home. We want to keep those pockets of diversity so we can still celebrate them. And um, ultimately, you know, it's it's... It's having a, a fantastic life in a great city where, let's face it, we've all been vaccinated, right? I mean, where else can you say that? It's, yeah. it's, it's looking around the region. We are quite lucky, but we need to be able to treasure our time here and treasure the city and treasure the biodiversity and everything else that goes into it, including its people. But it's fascinating. You made a point there, and it, it is a sensitive point. The fact that it was you telling those difficult stories yeah. helps because – I'll give you a personal example. I was interviewed a while back. I talked about the rich-poor divide, similar, but I got into a little bit of trouble because it it was perceived to be it's a foreigner, (laughs) even though I've been here for however many years. Do you, is the fact that you're a Singaporean, which is quite unusual, working for an international news network in Singapore, 
over the years, has it helped you to tell some of these more sensitive, difficult stories? Mm. Um, well, I wouldn't say it's helped. I mean, at the end of the day, let's face it, Singapore has always been this city of immigrants. You know, my yeah. grandfather came here in 1932, and that's why I'm Singaporean. Um, you know, on my mother's side, it was even longer. It was it was 1905. Uh, her family moved to Penang. So, you know, the, the idea of being sort of Southeast Asian, having this sort of identity where, yes, you, you may come across as a third culture child. And yes, I have moved, you know, I did spend a lot of time in the US as a teenager. And um, it, I don't think anyone really is, has the ultimate qualification to tell a story of a particular city. I think you just, you just have to know it. You have to understand it. You'd have to have spent enough time there. And certainly you spent a lot of time here, Neil, and a lot of your books are about Singapore. So yeah, you know, I would say you're about as qualified to, 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 you know, have an opinion as everyone else. It's, it's this incredible city that's always been a melting pot and we should celebrate. Where was that cover quote when I needed it? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, not, not a view that's shared by everybody. Let's Unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) Sharon G, we're going to have to leave it there, but uh, thanks so much for being with us today. We, we, uh, we thank you for all those great years on the BBC and so many of us watched those stories and really appreciated your fine reporting. And, And we'll be looking forward to the next chapter, the podcasting, the contributing to BBC and hope that you enjoy that, Um, much-deserved and hard-earned time with your family as well. Thank you, Glenn. It's been a real treasure to come on. And thank you for asking me. I honestly, I, I hope the last 15 minutes has been worth the, uh, the airtime. Well, Thanks, guys. You, you and know, as, as you know, as a, as a journalist, I don't like being asked the questions. I usually ask them myself. So. I know. And don't think you're getting off easy. You're coming back on again in the future, too. So just so you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jaren yeah. Have a great day. Thank you both. <laughs> to listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.